glad to be at church today. Come on, anybody glad to be in God's house? Let's give Jesus all the praise. He's worthy of it. Hey, turn to your neighbor and say, you look good in God's house today. Come on, just, yeah. Glad you're here, everybody. Yeah, we're in week one of a brand new series we're calling Unpopular Opinion unpopular opinion, and we're going to jump into that in just a moment, but like we always do, I want to welcome, uh, welcome everybody who's on the other side of the camera today. We know uh, that uh, so many of you watch every weekend, uh, or maybe even throughout the week, you're watching live or on demand later on. We know that the counts, the view counts go up later we get in the week, and so wherever you are, whenever you're watching it, there's a room full of people this morning that want to say hi to you, and so come on church, can we just welcome everybody on the other side of the camera? We're glad you're with us today. Glad you're with us. And, and while we're in this kind of atmosphere of celebration, how about this? How about the fact that so far this year, since January 1st, 92 documented salvation since the beginning of this year? Come on, let's give Jesus the best praise for that. That's incredible. That is incredible. In fact, if you are one of those who have given your life to Christ over the last several weeks, there's a next step for you to take. And that next step is water baptism, which is happening today after every service. We have an opportunity for you to just go public with your faith. In fact, that's really what water baptism is. It's a, sim it's a symbol that the old you is, is dead and now there's a new you. In fact, Paul says it this way, the old has gone the new is here, the new has come. And so um, Jesus actually gave us this command to be water baptized. And so if you've never followed through on that, I want you to know that's the next thing you do after you give your life to Christ is to follow the command of being water baptized. And so we have everything available for you today. If you didn't come ready, in fact, uh, I, I think now that we've trained, we've trained you to, you, you don't even have to come ready. Why? Because we have everything you need, right? So we've got uh, shorts and, and shirt and there's a bag out there. We have clean, unused underwear for you <laughs> to change into, all right? And so what would happen is after this service, you'll go out to the baptism table and you'll fill out a little card just lets us know that you're getting baptized. They'll, they'll give you uh, the, the things that you need. You'll go to the bathroom and change into uh, into your baptism clothes. And then after you're baptized, you go back and change into the clothes you came into everybody. So, uh, but, but the reason we do it every month is because we don't want you to have to wait. If you make a decision, come on, we want you to be able to do it today. Do it today. No, if you've got an appointment later on today, I don't know if I can, no, just do it. It show up with some wet hair, and when they ask you why is your hair wet, just say, because I just gave, I just went public with my faith, and, and let it be a testimony for you. Let it be a testimony for you. So, and, and also, if you were not here last week, come on, last week was incredible. One of the highlights of my time here at City Hope Church in the last five years was a commitment Sunday for Heart for the House. And I'm not ready to share with you yet the total commitment that you guys have made because there's some of y'all still committing. I wanna give you a chance to commit in, in case you weren't here last week. And so today we're just calling Second Chance Sunday. If you weren't here last week, if you didn't come on purpose last week, you have another opportunity today to make a commitment. And so in your worship guide is a commitment card 
And and in all all seriousness, I know that many of you weren't here last week. You're able to make a commitment today to give towards that if you'd like. Just that's between you and the Lord. I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the service. But just want to let you know that you have that opportunity today. And then one thing that I am super, uh, super excited about. uh, Well, let let me do this before I go on. I got, I got a, uh, Annalise and I got a text message this week from a lady at the church and, and talking about Second Chance Sunday. She, this is what she said. She sent it to us on Monday and it said, I wanted to share a little heart for the house story with y'all. Uh, it'd been on my heart to give $100 a week for heart for the house. Uh, she's single, young lady, but I have been terrified about committing that amount. And so yesterday, last Sunday, while I was in church, the Lord spoke to my heart just before church to have mustard seed kind of faith, and I will carry you. So I committed $100 a week for three years. You're doing the quick math, you know that's a lot of money. And so here's what she said on Monday. Today, my salon did a social media blast about me doing nails and toe services again. And y'all, I love how, y'all, um, my book is completely booked up for the next six months. Come on, God is faithful. I just love that. That's incredible. I, I love it. Powerful stories. So, um, so yeah, that, that's happening today. You can be a part of that. But also, something that's happening tonight is SEU at City Hope Church Preview Night. SEU is Southeastern University. It's been a dream in our heart for years to eventually have a college here at City Hope Church because we believe in the next generation. We believe in raising up young men and women to follow the call of God on their life. And so, if you're 18 to 24 years old, and you feel that God has a call on your life to serve him full-time in the ministry, then there's an opportunity for you tonight to have a preview night at 6 o'clock tonight. You can scan the QR code up on the screens as well or go to the website. But listen, there's already a couple people who've applied, and they're ready. They're all in. They're ready to give their lives to to Jesus through ministry at City Hope Church. And by the way, SEU is a four-year accredited university. You'll get a bachelor's degree through SEU, but you'll also get four years of practical ministry experience. That is invaluable, everybody. You're not going to get that if you go to a regular university. You're going to get the education, but you won't get the practicum, and that's what you'll get here. And so if you feel the call of God on your life, and if you were here uh, last first Wednesday, there was about 15 or 20 young people who came forward to say that they feel called to the ministry. Come on, God's working, God's moving in our church. Show up tonight, all right? Show up tonight. So, well, we're, we're in week one of, uh, of a series we're calling uh, Unpopular Opinion. And the idea of this series is, is really that there are some things in the Bible that we believe, some ways that we choose to live as Christians, that if we're being honest with ourselves, they're, they're not popular in the world. Come on, can I get a witness right there? It's just, it's, the, it's, it's outdated, it's old school and so I want to talk over these next four weeks about just a couple, a few different topics that maybe are unpopular in the world's opinion. And it might even be unpopular in the church today. And if it's okay, I'm still going to talk about it anyway, all right? So, um, so today we're, we're actually going to talk about covenant relationships. Um, this, this is unpopular in the world especially when you look at statistics of broken relationships and broken marriages, about 50% end in divorce. And so um, we, we can see that covenant relationships is not really something we're, 
we believe it's unpopular to stick it out with somebody who maybe has broken a trust or who has hurt us or who, you know, a difficult situation along the way. And of course, we realize that there are some instances where you've got to get out, okay? So I, I'm, I'm, I'm not lumping everybody into the same thing. I realize that there's some domestic abuse things that happen like that, and I, there's no expectation. I don't, I don't think God or Jesus would ask you to stay in a situation like that, everybody. But, um, but I do want to talk about covenant relationships today. And some people think, man, covenant relationships, old-fashioned. I mean, just, it's just, just date until you find your mate. Right? Just, just keep on going. Like in, and you know what? In some cases, just move in with each other and just test drive that thing. Right? Just woo. <laughs> See if it performs like, you, like, like it should before you put a ring on it. Right? And, and I, the, actually, the statistics would say the opposite is true, that when you do that, it's actually worse off for your relationship in the long run. And so a lot of us, we get our, we get our relationship advice from, we get our relationship advice from the old phone. Let me see what Reddit says. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're not the phone person. Maybe, maybe, you're the, maybe you're the keyboard warrior. Pull out that keyboard, got your laptop, got your desktop, and you're, just, you're the keyboard warrior. Typing in, see, what does it say about relationships? How do, I, how do I look at relationships? What does God say about relationships? What, what does the world say about relationships? What does whatever? You know, maybe, maybe you, uh, you're, the, you're the TV remote kind of person. You're... you're you're watching 90 Day Fiance. It's so good. Man, married at first sight. It's a terrible way to start your relationship. Watching TV with my boys, and there's one TV show, I can't even remember the name of it. Oh, it's The Marriage Pact. And it's like you make a pact that if you're not married by a certain date, you will, you will just marry some other person. That's terrible. That is the worst advice that you could ever... I'm just going to ask Cora about this. Let's see what TikTok has to say. No, that's terrible advice. And so I figured, what if we just did this? Uh, what if we let the one who designed relationships define the relationships? When it comes to relationships and them working, let the one who designed them define them. Now, who designed them? We know God designed them, didn't he? So... So his word obviously has something to say about relationships, and, and God defines relationships in one word, covenant. Covenant. Covenant relationships, not casual, not convenient. Covenant. So the, the word covenant just kind of means this, hey, no matter what happens, I'm not going anywhere. No matter what happens, I'm sticking this out. You're going to have to put up with me. I'm not going anywhere. And so it uh, kind of reminds me of this story I heard about Boudreaux and uh, his, his wife, Marie. <laughs> Boudreaux was sick. I mean, he was bad sick. And uh, he's in the hospital. The doctor comes in and he says, Boudreaux, you, you're in bad shape. And so I'm... I'm going to talk to your wife first. He pulls his wife, Marie, out into the hallway, and he says, Marie, Boudreaux, bad. He's in bad shape. Now, he can recover. Marie, he can, he, this disease can be cured, but you're going to have to wait on him hand and foot. I mean, you're going to have to cook him three hot meals a day. You're going to have to massage his feet. He just needs to sit in that recliner for two or three months, 
and let you do all the heavy lifting around the house. You do the cooking and the cleaning and mowing the yards. And Marie, if, you, if you'll do these things, I'm telling you, two or three months, he'll be good to go. So she walked back into the room. She's crying, tears in her eyes. And he said, what did the doctor say? She said, you're going to die. not going to make it. It's bad news, right? That's not covenant relationship, all right? That's not, that's not a covenant that's, that's casual and convenient, all right? So let's look at what uh, the Bible says. The Bible actually has a lot to say when it comes to covenant. And I want to show you, show you a little bit of it in Jeremiah chapter 31. Um, it says that the day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make, everybody say these words, a new covenant. So let's look at this for a minute because why does there need to be a new covenant? Well, because there was an old covenant that the people of Israel weren't living up to. They had broken that covenant. And the old covenant, if you go back and read in the Old Testament, the old covenant was written on two stone tablets. But the new covenant would be written on our hearts. The old covenant was about rules and relationship and rituals and routines. But the new covenant was about relationship. The old covenant was about duties and, and all of these tasks that you have to do, but the new covenant was about a delight in the Lord. The old covenant was about you paying for your own sins. You got to pay your own way, but the new covenant was that Jesus paid for your sins. And so God is setting up this, there's got to be a new covenant. The old way is not working, and so I want to set up a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. And this new covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and I led them, I brought them out of the land of Egypt. No, they broke that covenant. They, they chose not to live by that covenant, even though I love them as a husband loves his wife, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant that I'll make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord. And here's the new covenant. Here's what's going to happen. There's the time coming, God says, where I'm going to put my instructions deep within people. So it's not something that you're going to have to follow a bunch of rules and routines and all of these rituals. No, no, no. There's going to be a love and a passion in your heart that you want to. It's not something you have to do. It's something you get to do. You, you love doing it. And I'm going to write these, these instructions on their hearts and I will be their God, and they will be my people. That's what God always wanted for us. Well, you fast forward to the New Testament, and Jesus, on the night that he's betrayed, is talking with his disciples. They're taking the Passover meal. They're, they're, they're eating this together, and it says, in the same way after the supper, he took the cup, and he said, this cup is the new covenant. It's a new covenant. So basically, Jesus is saying, I'm fulfilling this new covenant that Jeremiah wrote about in front of you right now, in front of your very eyes. It's going to be written on your heart, and he says, it's a new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And I want you to notice that Jesus says, it, it, he, he uses covenant and blood in the same sentence. And I think what he's really illustrating here is, is that basically, it, it's a kind of a theological way to say that that Jesus is saying the best relationships that are possible in life are the relationships that we would consider blood relationships. 
where we're blood related. Have you ever noticed, um, maybe even a show of hands, have you ever noticed that it's much easier to be faithful to a person that you're blood related to? Come on, anybody? Just You, you ever noticed that before? Yeah? Nobody. Wow. Okay. Okay, a couple people have noticed that. It's a lot easier, even if they're wrong. It's easier to be faithful to them because what? Blood. That's where, that's where we get the phrase, blood is thicker than water. It's like, man, I don't, it's, it's, why, it's why spouses will, they will go to the ends of the world for their children, but they'll turn on their spouse because not blood. I mean, they just kind of came up in my life. This is, these are my kids. This is my blood. I, he's expendable. He's disposable. She's, I can do without her. No, 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 no. I think Jesus is saying, uh, he's identifying that, yes, in our culture, the, the best relationships are the ones that are blood relationships, but I think he's also, he's also calling us to treat every relationship as if it was a blood relationship. All right? And so... Um, He's, he's saying, hey, it's not just a 90-day contract. This is not just a test it out. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how things work out. And by the way, this is not just a marriage message. This is for any relationship that you have, all right? I believe God's calling us to treat every relationship like it's a blood relationship. And, and I'm thankful for that because I'll, I'll go back to the first year of our marriage, when Annalise and I got married. We got married here in Wichita Falls in 2003, and we moved to Alabama right after we got married. Well, for uh, since I was a kid, um, in, in our first year of marriage, it was we always talk about how the first year is the most difficult year. Well, it was for us because in the first year of marriage, I confessed to Annalise that I had, I had a problem with pornography, and it had been an issue all my life. I was exposed to pornography when I was five years old. And I had older brothers. I had access to these different ways to view it. And in high school, internet came out. And I, I stumbled across it while doing homework. And, and it became a hook in my life. And I, I always thought that when I go to Bible college, it'll be over with. Or when I, when I get married, then it'll, it won't be a problem anymore. Or, you know, when I go into the ministry, I won't have to deal with this anymore. And, and it'll, it'll be taken care of, and God will heal me from all of these things. And I would always look for the next thing. Maybe, maybe then I'll be free from it. And, and those days never really came. And so in our first year of marriage, um, I confessed that, and, and it hit the fan. It was, it was terrible. It was, it was um, I hurt her, devastated her. And she had an opportunity. I thought, I honestly thought, Man, we didn't even make it a year. This is over. And I'll never forget, you know, the covenant kind of relationship, the covenant kind of attitude that she had. We're going to work this out. And the truth is, it was a struggle for me for many years after that as well. But, if, if, but what I'm thankful for is her covenant kind of attitude in that moment to stick it out. To not walk out, everybody. And so that's, when I share that story because I want you to know something. I want you to know that relational covenant isn't really necessary in the good times. You don't need covenant when everything's going good. 
You don't need covenant when everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. You don't need covenant when everybody's living how they're supposed to live. You need covenant when you're faced with a difficulty. You need covenant when there's a broken trust. You need covenant when, when someone has walked out on you. Come on, am I preaching to anybody today? That's when you need the covenant. And so you have to have, what I've learned is that you have to have somebody that you can, that you can take off the mask with. In fact, that's why, we, that's why we are a church of small groups. We don't just do groups. It's not something we do. It's something that we are. We are a church of groups where you take off the mask and you get real and vulnerable with people in your life. And so what I want to do today is I want to, I want to take a look at God's way versus the world's way. All right, there's two different ways we can, we can do this. You can do it God's way, which is covenant, or you can do it the world's way, which is contract. And there's a big difference between the two, all right? So if you're taking notes, I want you to jot a couple things down here. The first one is this, that, that covenant, God's way is covenant, and covenant is based on mutual commitment. Covenant's based on mutual commitment. So you, you don't have a commitment unless there's mutual commitment. There's not commitment if only one person's committed. Are you following me? It's, it's only commitment if both people are committed. It reminds me of the time when, uh, when before we had our first service at City Hope, we, were, uh, we launched our church in McNeil Middle School. You guys know where that is if you're from the area. And uh, we had just led all of our team through the growth track, which, by the way, today is step one of the growth track. It's happening after this service. So if you're, if you're looking for ways to get plugged in or to grow in your faith or to grow in your your, your your relationships here at City Hope. If you want to join the church, that's where it happens is in growth track, all right? And so we had just, it's, it's a great way, by the way, if you're not even sure if this is the church for you, it's a great way for you to discover if this is for you, all right? So we'll talk about who we are, what we believe, who am I accountable to, finances, all of that, but we'll also help you discover purpose and the plan that God has for your life. Well, we had run everybody, all, all the people on our launch team through the growth track, and in our growth track, in the last step, we have what we call a leadership covenant. Many of you have signed that covenant. And it's just a covenant that says, you know, I'm going to, to the best of my ability, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to live in a way that honors God. I'm not perfect. This is not saying I'm never going to sin again or that I'm never going to have any problems in my life. But it's saying that I, to the best of my ability, I'm going to honor God with my life. And, and we actually list a few things that we think our lives would be better if we didn't have those things in our lives, like illicit drug use, right? It would be great if that wasn't in our lives. And so it's just a way to say, hey, I'm going to live my life in such a way that it'll honor God. And so I remember the week before we have our first service, we need all the help we can get, everybody. And there was this young guy on the team who, he, he's like, uh, so you're telling me that, uh, that if I sign this, like, 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 you're expecting me not to smoke weed? Well, I mean, because I don't want to just smoke it. I want to grow it. So, well, I mean, will you tithe? No, I didn't say that to him. I didn't say that to him. Uh, <laughs> but I was, I was like, you know, so, so if, if you're telling me I can't be involved, it, you know, if I want to do these things, then, then I'm just, I'm out. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, man. But, he, but here was the thing. 
I was committed. I, I, wanted, I wanted it to work out for him, right? I wanted God to work in his life, but he's got to be committed too. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I got to be willing to lay some things down in my life and let God work in my life. I can't just keep doing things the way I've been doing it and expect a different result. Now, if you're struggling with that today, there's no condemnation on you. There's healing and there's hope and there's freedom for you in that. Amen, everybody? But, but it was, it's, it's got to be a mutual kind of commitment. Now, commitment means that you're going you're gonna to hang in there. You're going to stick with it until even when you're not happy. See, that's the problem in a lot of our relationships. Something happens, we get unhappy, and so we just walk out of it. And we walk away from those relationships. And so that's, a, that's God's way is, God's way is based on mutual commitment. But the world's way, a contract, is based on mutual distrust. You walk into the relationship believing that they're going to take advantage of you. Believing that they're not going to be true. Believing that they're not going to hold up their end of the bargain. You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever read a contract? I brought, I brought uh, this folder from my mortgage. <laughs> you ever read this, right? Have you ever read, you know, when, when, when you download an app on your phone, there's, there's a contract, there's a user agreement. And most of us don't read it because it's way too long but every agreement, there's no contract that really, that, that really is about what's going to benefit you. It's really about what will happen if you don't hold up your end of the deal. What's going to happen to you if you break the trust? What's going to happen to you? The contract, there's no language like, hey, if you make your payment, we will give you a lollipop. It's not, it's not in there. It's like, if you don't make your payment, we will repossess your house and you'll you'll be without a home, right? That's the kind of language that's in there. It assumes, a contract assumes that you're not gonna hold up to your end of the bargain. And this is the way that the world operates with relationships. In fact, it's the way even people in the church relate to other people. They see it as a contract, but that's why we take a vow when we get married and we're holding our spouse's hand and the, and the pastor leads us in a vow that says, for better or for worse, for richer or poor, until till death do us part. So the only term in relationships is death. I'm not going anywhere. I might kill you, but I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm hanging in there. That, that's, that's contract. Okay. All right. Here's another one. The world's, the God's way is covenant and in God's way, we surrender our rights and we assume responsibility. We surrender our rights and we assume responsibility. So we come into a relationship. When we come into a relationship, any relationship, we've got to look at it as a servant. I'm here to serve. I'm here to be a blessing. I'm not here to just take from somebody else. You go into that with the mindset of serving. And I'm telling you, if you go into it believing that you are there to serve, it will be difficult to offend you. Oh, you, you can't offend me. You can't take advantage of me because I'm doing this willingly. I'm not here because I have to be. I'm here because I want to be. You can't offend me. You, you can't take advantage of me. So that's covenant, but contract protects the rights and it shirks the responsibility. It says, that's not my problem. That's not, it's not my fault. Hey, look, you got yourself into this mess. I'm, I'm not walking with you through this. Hey, I've, I've just got... I'm, 
I'm, I'm cutting ties because I got to make sure I'm covered. I don't even want to be close to you. I don't even want to be close to this mess. Covenant, God's way, has the interest of the other in mind. You look at the other person and you, you think about the other person. You want to bless the other person. You're, you're there for the other person. You want to take care of the other person. You know you're in love with the other person, not because they make you happy, but because you live your life to make them happy. You want to serve them. You want to bless them. You want, you're there for them. And, and the, the greatest relationship is when two servants are in love with one another. Okay, let me get that for you. No, 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 no. Let me get that for you. Oh, I just want to take care of you. Oh, I want to take care of you. Let me rub your feet. No, no, no. I want to rub your feet. I'll get the bath going for you. Well, I'll get the bath going for you. What is it like? It's just it's kind of obnoxious sometimes too, right? It's like, jeez. Just serving one another. But the most destructive relationships are when two masters are in love with one another. I told you not to do it that way. Well, I'm the one who's been doing this. I don't even know why you butted in in the first place. It's two control freaks, two masters trying to be in relationship with one another, and it's not going to work. That's covenant has the interest of the other person in mind. Contract has personal convenience in mind. Contract... It's all about me. Well, Brother Ben, I just got to do for me and mine, all right? I'm taking care of my family. I'm going to let them run on and do whatever they got to do, but I'm here for me and mine. Okay. Let me know how that works out, right? Jot this in your notes. If you want the power of God to work in your lives, you've got to look through the lens of covenant not convenience. Convenience is so small-sided. Covenant looks at how can I serve? How can I be a blessing? How can I love? How can I honor? Not through convenience. And I know some of you right now, you're going, Pastor Ben, this isn't doable. You don't know the kind of relationships that I've had to deal with. This is like, it's awesome. I love that you're, you're kind of talking about this today and, and you're making it sound like it's something that we can do, but it's not doable. And, and I, if you want to know the truth, I agree with you. It's not doable unless you have the power of God working in your life. Amen. It's not doable unless you're trying to do it God's way. It's not doable unless you, in, unless you, unless you were working it all out through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so today what I want to do is I want to close up with these two final thoughts on how to live God's way, Okay. How do, how do we do it God's way? And I know that in a room this, this size, there are some of you in here today who you've had some failed relationships. You've been through a few marriages. I'm going to be honest with you. My mom, um, well, some of you know this story. I've told it before. So it's, my mom was married four times. She was married to two men who were abusive and who, were, who, who um, put her through hell on earth. And she married my dad, and my dad passed away, and then she married my stepfather. She, she, had, she experienced some contractual relationships, if you know what I mean. She went through some hard times, but the, the truth is, even if you've been there today, even if you've walked through some hard times, even if you've been married a few different times, listen to me, you're forgiven, all right? There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus today. All right, the old is gone, the past is in the past, but what I'm asking all of us to do today is to have a from this day forward kind of mindset. From this day forward, I'm going to do my best to live 
in a way that honors the Lord with covenant relationships all around me. Amen, everybody? So that's, that's what I want us to do. No matter where you are in your walk with the Lord, I think we can do these two things. We have to know these two things. It's two principles. And the first one is this. Love is not a feeling. It's a choice. Well, I just don't feel like it. I know. But, but love's not a feeling. Your feelings will lie to you. Your feelings will tell you it's worse than it is. Your feelings will tell you you just need to walk out. It's over. You can't do anything about it. Your feelings will tell you that, that everybody else is, that, that, that they're, they're all liars and you can't trust anybody. That's what your feelings will tell you, okay? And, it, and listen, if, if I live by my feelings, I would not be your pastor. I would say the wrong things. I would do the wrong things. I would act the wrong way. I just couldn't be your pastor if I lived by my feelings. There's a lot of songs out there about feelings. Elton John, can you feel the love tonight? And y'all are like, no, I can't, I can't feel the love. No, I, I feel unloved. I feel angry right now. That's what I feel, Elton. That's if you want to know the truth. <laughs> Tom Petty. You don't know how it feels. You don't know. That's the biggest lie of all time. The biggest lie because what the enemy will do is he'll tell you, oh, there's nobody else who knows what you're going through. There's nobody else who's experienced the pain that you've got going on right now. Nobody else knows. Nobody knows <laughs> the trouble I've seen. That's the biggest lie. And then Aretha Franklin, right? You made me feel like a natural woman. woman. And the ladies are like, no, I don't feel like a natural woman. I, what I, feel, I feel lonely. I feel neglected. I feel feelings lie to you, right? One moment you may feel it, one moment you don't. And so you can't trust your feelings. Love doesn't give a person what they deserve, it gives them what they need. And so you have to make a choice. When Annalise could have walked out, she stuck it out. She made a covenant decision in that moment. And if it wasn't for her, I don't know where I'd be. I'm thankful for that covenant relationship. I love you. Colossians 3.14 says, and over all these virtues, Put on love. Put it on. Okay, it's like, like, like the jacket that we wear, like the shirt that we wear. I've got to put it on. I've got to make a decision every day. I'm going to put on love. I don't feel like loving, so I'm going to make a choice to do it anyway because it binds them all together in perfect unity. You put it on every single day. Here's the second thing I want to close with today, and that, that is that, uh, well, the, let me give you this first. Choices lead, feelings follow. So you don't feel like it, but you choose it first. You choose first. You make the choice that I'm going to love. You make the choice that I'm going to be here. I'm not going to leave. I'm going to stick it out in any relationship. And then the feelings will follow. Here's the second thing I would give you, and that is the capacity to love comes from receiving love. So like you can't even really love if you haven't received God's love, well, how do you receive God's love? How do you receive God's love? Well, um, you have to remember how much you needed it yourself. 
You receive God's love by remembering, man, I was, I was so far from God. I was so desperate. I was so alone, so isolated. I love this verse in 1 John that we can only love others because he loved us first. So my, my capacity to receive love is really based on one thing, and that is, have I received the love of God? Because I can't really, I can't love anybody else. I can't have covenant relationships with anybody else if I haven't first received the love of God. Now think about our church, City Hope. One of the reasons, um, as we started this church five years ago, one of the things I loved about what we were doing was because, like, one, maybe I could say it this way, one of the reasons we started City Hope was because I know how bad I needed a church like this. I needed a church like this. I needed a life-giving church that would lift me up and not beat me down over the head. Come on, somebody. Hey, we don't need to be told how bad we are. We already know that. I just needed a church that would lift me up, that would pull me up out of the muck and the mire and all of the, all of the stuff of life. And I needed a church like this. And when you think about the sacrifice of Jesus, that he loved us first, that he had covenant relationship with you and me, that he didn't let the cross stand in his way. As he's being crucified, they're spitting on him, pulling his beard out, punching him in the face, 39 lashes across his back, driving the nails into his hands. He's forgiving us. Putting that crown of thorns on his head, hoisting him up on the cross. He's forgiving me and you for what we've already done, for all of our sins. It was a covenant relationship between Jesus and us. He didn't, he didn't let the cross stand in his way while they're mocking him. He's loving us. And I thought about how even when I displease God, I, I know I'm a, I'm a pastor and many of you probably put me on a pedestal and you probably think he never has any problems. His life is so good, but I'm human. And I fail and I mess up and I make mistakes. And when I do, because of the cross of Jesus, because I've received his love, he pulls me back up again. His arms are open wide. You did it again, didn't you, Ben? some of you in this room today, you need, you need to hear that. that. God is not a cosmic killjoy in heaven, but he loves you. And he's not hitting you over the head every time you mess up, every time you blow it, every time that you make a mistake. His love is a covenant kind of love for you. And he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. He is there with you till the very end. You've got to receive his love today. You've got to receive his love. So this is my prayer for you. 
I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your heart, living within you as you trust him. And may your roots go deep into the soil of God's marvelous love and may you be able to feel and understand how long, how wide, how deep, and how high his love really is for you and that you would experience the love of God for yourselves. Come on, if you're ready to experience that love today, can we just give God praise? Let's give God thanks. I want us to experience Amen. I'd love for you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me today. And let me just pray over every relationship today. Father, I pray over every need in this room, every relationship, marriages, but also those who are maybe in separation right now. Those who have just finalized a divorce and they're reeling from pain and hurt and heartache. Those who have jump from relationship to relationship. They're, they're trying to find a fulfillment in life that can only come from God. And they're looking for love in all the wrong places, quite honestly. God, I'm praying right now for every relationship that you, that you would give us the power and the ability to, to let our every relationship that we have in this life, give us the capacity to love the unlovable, to love those who, who have hurt us, who have broken trust, our spouses, our children, people in our lives, friends and co-workers, and God, even, even maybe some of them need to forgive a pastor. God, I pray that today that you would work in our hearts and every one of us touch our lives in a powerful way. Remove all bitterness and shame and, and anger, God. Remove everything that's not of you and let there be hope and healing. Let there be covenant relationship, not a contract, not something that we can just break and walk away from and, and, and never look back on, but Lord, let us fight for relationships in our lives. It's my prayer today over every one of us in this room. Lord, I pray for those who are single and those who are single again. I pray that you'd give them grace to be the men and women that you've called them to be, to walk in purity and holiness and righteousness, that they would focus on becoming Mr. or Mrs. Right and not just looking for Mr. or Mrs. Right, that they would that they would really become the men and women that you've called them to be, Lord. In Jesus' name, with your head still bowed, if you're here and maybe you're far from God today, maybe your relationship with God is non-existent. Maybe it's broken. Maybe you've been trying to do things in your own power and in your own ability and in your own way, and you're far from God. You need his presence today. You need his power. You need his grace and his mercy. You need his forgiveness. I want to remind you that you really can't have covenant relationships with anybody else until you have a covenant relationship with the maker of heaven and earth, the savior of the world. And if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, I want to give you that opportunity right now. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to boldly courageously say, I'm ready to surrender my life. I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready to, to, to make a covenant with God today and submit my life to him, to let him be my Lord and my savior. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to boldly slip up your hand. One, two, three. Come on, lift it up. If that's you, I'm ready to go all in today. I see you. God bless you. One, two, three. Anybody else would say, that's me. I'm ready to give him my life today. I see you back here. Four, five. I'm ready to surrender my life. All that I am, all that I have, I see you up top. Six. Anyone else? Seven. I'm so proud of every one of you. Amen.
hey, this is, this is your moment. This is your time. Today, you'll never be the same. That's my prayer. So pray this with me, church. Say, Jesus, I surrender. I give you my life, my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I love you. I want to live for you. I want to be in covenant relationship with you. I know that you'll never leave me. And today, I make a commitment that I don't want to leave you. I'm yours. And from this day forward, I will live for you. I will serve you the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen.